0: Hey, money-making unicorns. Adulting is hard for so many fucking different reasons. Let's talk about your money today. Let's talk about that money story and get your head around the things that you're not thinking about right now. Take off your pants. Unleash your true self. Real unicorns don't wear pants. I didn't really start out with a very healthy relationship when it came to sex. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that it's just a fucking traumatic experience, like, you know, having sex for the first time. And like, that's for most of us, that's in high school. And we're in this kind of fucked up phase in our lives anyways, when our hormones are all over the place and our heads are in a fucking vice. Like it's, it's tough. It's tough to be a fucking teenager. It's hard. Um, and when I look back on that time in my life, you know, at 16 years old, I thought I was a fucking adult. I mean, like I really did. And like, when I look back, like even now looking back, I'm like, I I fucking was an adult. (laughs) You know, like, I had a job. um, You know, I I had a car. I went and did shit. This was like, I didn't have a phone yet because this was, like, before phones were a thing. And I was pretty resistant to um, the cell phone thing anyways because it was a leash, right? It was, like, someone telling me what to fucking do. Um, And I was not – I mean, I'm still not real keen on that. (laughs) But I sure as fuck wasn't as a teenager. Um, But, you know, when I started having sex, like, it was – it was brutal. (laughs) It was brutal because I watched like my friends, you know, I watched my friends in high school, like fall in love with boys and like get crushes and all those things. And those dudes would cheat on them and like break their little fucking hearts. And they would be just like crying puddles of mush. And I never wanted to be that. So it was like in watching them, I was like the last one of my friends to lose my virginity. And I was like, you know, I I just didn't want to have the attachment because I saw what that attachment did to my friends. Like it, them like it fucked them up so bad because they had this unrealistic expectation of what this was supposed to be like in fairy tales and disney movies and all the things that you know we grew up with that you know condition us to believe of this in this magical experience and that you know everything's going to be fucking sunshine and rainbows um and at least in in my peripheral vision that is not what the fuck happened um for literally Any of them, and certainly not for me. Um, And I just didn't want to have that kind of that. I don't know that that point where somebody could have that much influence over me. I didn't want to be hurt like that. Um, And so I, I created this kind of defense mechanism of, you know, what we call being a slut. And you know looking back on it it's like yeah that that's fucking logical that makes sense did it have consequences yes but were those consequences as severe as the emotional trauma of having your heart broken no you know i mean i had other girls calling me a slut <laughs> there was that you know like i remember like my my name being written on the bathroom wall. And we were like, we had one of those old digital cameras, you know, we like took a picture of it because we I was like kind of like proud of it in a weird way. I was like, I've made it, I have arrived, <laughs> my name is on the bathroom wall. <laughs> um, you know, and and I was a slut. I and I did sleep with men in the way boys and men that I because I wanted to, because it was power for me. It was never about love or um, uh, you know, that kind of feeling kind of thing of, of being special. Like it was the antithesis of that. I wanted sex to not be special so that no one could ever fucking use it against me. And I guess that that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense in the way that my life is and was and all of the things and that I didn't enjoy the power struggle that came with the relationship part of, of giving up sex um, and letting uh, some dude like make me feel um, who uh, assigned value to who how valuable I am based on this one fucking thing that I did. Like, I, I'm not cool with that. Right. And I wasn't cool with it back then. And and shifting that mindset piece and look like taking my adult brain and putting it back on my 16-year-old self, it's like, I can see how this was short-sighted, right? I can see how that was short-sighted, but I also see like why my 16 year old self made that fucking very concrete decision that I was not going to allow dudes to have that kind of fucking power over me. And they did not It wasn't some of those things where I was like delusional. And I was like, in that thing of like, Oh, well, I'll just be a slut And I won't, I don't care what the boys think. And then I would go home and cry. Like that was very much not the case. Like, um, I ran around and did whatever the fuck I wanted. And there was very little crying. Um, and there was very little of that piece of like, not feeling good enough. I didn't, I didn't really feel that until I was much older. Um, as a teenager, that was not the case. Like I knew where I was going. I knew what I wanted and I was going to do whatever the fuck it took to get there. Um, I was results driven and I wasn't going to let some dude, um, fuck that up for me (laughs) until he did. Right. (laughs) Um, I was 18. I was 18 when I met my, um, my son's father And I instantly fell in love. And that was really the first time, like, you know, I had my high school crushes and, you know, I had like a couple guys that I had the thing for, but I, not like this. <laughs> it was not like this. Um and you know, high school was all fun and games for me. And I was out doing all the things and sleeping with whoever the fuck I wanted to and just kind of unapologetically doing whatever the fuck I felt like in the moment. Um, with a lot of blatant disregard for the for the men's feelings in the situation. I did not I did not feel any sort of obligation to be loyal to them or that like I shouldn't sleep with their best friend or any of those things. I just did what I wanted. Um and it was fine. But when I met my son's father, everything changed. I mean, it was like literally one day. Like I remember the exact, I remember the exact place that like I met him and the the first time that I saw him and like what he was wearing and how I felt and what the scene was. It's like a movie, right? Um, And I just, I just fell head over heels for this guy. And that, that shift, that change where it was just one person, one vibration changed and catapulted me in this completely different direction from where I was going. Um, because I, I had a plan. <laughs> I had a fucking 17-year-old plan and I was on it and I was doing all the things. Um, and it just got derailed. You know, I was in, in college and whatever, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't killing it by any means. I was drinking a lot and partying and I was a cheerleader (laughs) and doing cheerleader nonsense, lingerie parties and whatnot. (laughs) Artichoke tip at two in the morning, fake IDs, sneaking into nightclubs, getting in bar fights, those kind of things for sure. (laughs) One time we were at the uh, it was the pack of cheerleaders and we were at um, a nightclub that we'd used our fake IDs to get into. Because back then, um, you know, you could really make fake IDs pretty easily. I mean, we had a laminator. (laughs) We did that shit ourselves. Um, You know, it was like getting ready. It's like, okay, okay, who needs a new fake ID? We're going to go laminate them. Did yours get taken last weekend, right? So we would make the IDs before we went out. We went and got into the nightclubs and we would get into all sorts of trouble. Um, I had a friend. (laughs) I had a friend that was particularly mouthy, um, especially with a couple shots in her. Man, back in the day, we drank fucking raspberry Schmirnoff. gross so fucking gross just shots of hot warm vodka so gnarly um but we were at a nightclub and <laughs> there was this big giant like big fat dude like big huge guy um and like she had, was stumbling and we were walking through the club and she kind of like fell onto him a little bit <laughs> And he was like, get off me, you drunk bitch, you know, and like mouthed off to her. And she like turned and she looked at him. I mean, she's all of like five four, <laughs> five, four, tiny little girl, super pretty. And she just turns and looks at him and he goes, I will fucking throw up in your mouth. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, we gotta go. Right. I mean, that's that's the shenanigans for college. And like that's what we were doing. And you know. But I got good grades. I got good grades. I did the thing. I took extra credits. Um, you know, I had this plan that I was going to finish this nonsense of small town college and and go to, um, you know, somewhere else. I was going to run away to the East Coast. I was going to go to law school. I had all sorts of different things that I that I wanted to do. Um, but. And walked this guy, right? And everything fucking changed. And my brain, my priorities, um, the way that I viewed love and sex and relationships and boys and even myself all changed in one fucking instant. Mind is a powerful thing, right? Chemicals, those chemicals in your brain, they'll fuck you up. Um, and I I stopped everything. You know, I pushed pause on my entire fucking life because I was head over heels for a guy that lived in a different city. And I started doing the long distance thing. And, um, you know, and I, I ended up moving there. I ended up moving to be with him. Um, you know, lots of things ensued from that decision but it was the catalyst it it changed everything and that was kind of my coming into adulthood of like i'm going to do what i want and consequences be damned right like this is what i want the heart wants what the heart wants and i i went after it and i you know my whole life changed from that one decision meeting that one person and it's crazy how much that happens but in the love and sex game with this also something happened, right? Because I started to really at this point get my head around reciprocal energy Um, because my my previous relationships... That's a loose term. The previous guys that I fucked, um, you know, it was never reciprocal and it never was intended to be. I I never allowed that receiving piece. It was like, I'm going to fuck this dude and never talk to him again kind of thing or like I'm on my terms, at least. I was never going to allow myself to need reciprocation. And I had one serious you know, quote unquote, serious (laughs) relationship, um, prior to meeting my son's father. And in that relationship, it wasn't reciprocal either. Um, he was giving a lot and I wasn't reciprocating. Um, I, I was letting him give to me and I, I just wasn't really giving back to him. He was very much like in love with me in a very strange way. And, um, you know, kind of would reach out years later, like very, very strange thing. But, um, I wasn't really in it as much as he was, it wasn't balanced. Right. Um, but then when I met my son's father, we started out in this very reciprocal pattern, uh, where like I was head over heels, he was head over heels. We were very much in this space together. And that was the first time that I really understood reciprocal energy. Um, of course it wobbles, you know, it wobbles. And when you're 19 and all the things, um, it it caused a lot of problems like, and being in reciprocal energy was like the best thing in the world. I loved it. And I was so excited and so in love and the bubble, the love bubble came in, um, and took me by a motherfucking storm. And looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe how much I gave up, um, just to have that feeling. And it didn't last very long. You know, it it wasn't this big, long thing because, you know, he he cheated and I I was crushed. Um, I was pregnant. Um, He had, he had, he had gotten another girl pregnant while I was pregnant. I mean, there was, there was a lot. There was a lot in that time where, you know, I was 20 years old and I was pregnant and um, I I was in my third month i was 3 months pregnant like i hadn't even told my mom yet because i was terrified i hadn't even told my mom yet and i found out that you know back a couple months ago he had he had cheated on me and had gotten the other girl pregnant. And so this girl that lived in the same apartment complex as us, that was pregnant this whole time, you know, the one that I'd been like being really nice to and like helping her because she was pregnant was actually pregnant with my boyfriend's baby. <laughs> you can't even make this shit up. Um, and she had a boyfriend too. Um, and so it was like this thing that like, it, it was, it was very nasty, very ugly, um, where I was in a lot of pain, but I was already pregnant and there was nothing that I could do. And I made decisions in that moment in those moments that like, I mean, Nine, twelve, twenty, twenty, and pregnant, like your brain <laughs> doesn't stand a chance against circumstances like that. You do the best that you can. Um, but you know, it was a very, it was a very crazy time in my life where I learned that res- how much damage being in reciprocal energy caused me because I had relinquished that control. I had allowed, so- I had allowed myself to love somebody who, you know, really betrayed me. Um, and then I was kind of stuck in that holding pattern with him. And of course I like forgave him or whatever and let him stay, um, in being pregnant, there was no way I was going to make any other decision. And I was very much still in love with him. Um, honestly, I don't think that I ever really fell out of love with him. It, even when I did leave him, I still left him in love with him. It was very difficult for me. Um, he, he ended up going into drugs and really going hard <laughs> into drugs and I after my son was born I just couldn't have that anymore. I had to leave because I couldn't allow him to jeopardize um our financial future. I couldn't allow him to jeopardize uh my son's safety for for sure and I couldn't allow him to jeopardize what I was building, right? Because I needed to provide for my child. Like I couldn't allow this person to be around him even though I loved him very much and you know, I wanted I wanted the relationship. I just you know, I couldn't choose that anymore because my son came first. Right. And so I didn't get to choose myself. Um, and of course, you know, most mothers wouldn't, and I, I didn't choose myself in that. I, I chose my child and I, I pushed this person away and I moved out and did the thing. Um, and then, uh, you know, two years later he died. And like, I the last thing that we said to each other was, you know, we were in a fight and, um, you know, cause I told him, he, he wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop with the drugs and all the things. And we were trying to we were trying to be able to share some sort of custody. And I wanted him to be in his son's life um, and he wanted to be in his son's life, but he wouldn't stop doing drugs. <laughs> I just couldn't have it. Right. Um, but it wasn't this thing of like hate. We, we, we didn't hate each other. I was sad. You know, I was sad that this was what he was choosing and I just wanted to help him, but I couldn't be with him you know, I, I couldn't be with him and suffer like that. And I couldn't expose my child to it. So I suffered from afar, um, in that, and I was still giving right. And not receiving now back from him. And it was very painful for me to live through that time of trying to help him to be a good dad and trying to provide for my kid and trying to stay sane the whole fucking time. Right. Um, it wasn't an easy time, but when, when he died, you know, the last thing that I had said to him was that, you know, if you don't stop doing drugs, like I'm never going to let you see your kid again. And he didn't, you know, he didn't ever see his kid again. And those words will haunt me for the rest of my life, you know, of it being absolutely true and incredibly painful. Right. And so I was very young at this time And looking back, it seems like fucking, you know, forever ago. I mean, it was, it was 10 years ago, but it's, it seems even further back than that. It seems like a different lifetime. Um, But that reciprocal energy flow piece, like I, I learned and was hurt by and impacted by that, that relationship echoes, you know, now through my life of reciprocal energy. And, you know, it comes down to everything. It's money. It's time. It's it's give a fuck. It's intention. All of those pieces really drive back to reciprocal energy. And the first person that I really had a reciprocal relationship with burned me badly, um, and I was will probably forever feel the echoes of that of that experience. And some of that is beautiful, and some of it is not. Um, but when it comes into the money piece, right and Being an adult and adulting and, and having that context in your brain of when your frontal cortex really fucking forms and you start making decisions for yourself. I made decisions from a very different place than most people make decisions from because of this experience. You know, it was very selfless of me to actually stay with him for his child um, and for him, but it was also very selfish of me to stay with him because I stayed with him because I loved him so much and I didn't want to leave him or lose that reciprocal energy, right? So always serving and limiting, it's, it's never just one thing. It's never just one thing. There's always multiple layers to those reactions and, and the consequences that happened thereof. And so after the facts of looking back and losing that person in my life, um, I have a strange attachment with re- with reciprocal energy. I love it in one way and hate it in others because it it affects me. You know, it it makes me think of that time. It makes me feel that person and that part of my life. Um, and even when I'm talking about it in the context of money giving and receiving, um, is is a struggle for me because it reminds me of of being that that girl you know that girl that loved somebody so much that and he loved me too but couldn't choose me um and i had to choose our child and reciprocal energy couldn't be met that homeostasis that balance didn't stay for very long so it feels a bit elusive it feels heavy and i get to look at that and i get to look at how that affects my life because the rest of the relationships that i had after this person um were, of course, dramatically impacted by that experience of abandonment, right? Is that he abandoned me in so many different ways, um, but I also learned not to abandon myself. I was there for me, and I made choices for me and my son. um, Even in spite of everything that he did, I still prevailed. I was still very successful. I still... I, I didn't go into the drug thing. <laughs> like I didn't make those choices. I made different choices for me and my child and I get to honor myself in that. But when it came to men after that, there were a lot of trust issues that weren't just the standard trust issues of like, Oh, he might cheat on me. It was like, he might die. <laughs> um, which is really catastrophic at 24 years old. Um, and in moving into the relationship after him, it was a very abusive relationship and um, very traumatic very, uh, turbulent where, you know, I was enamored with this person, um, but he was possessive over me. And so there was a lot of jealousy, a lot of hate, um, a lot of physical abuse that I withstood for, for quite a while. I mean, it was definitely about a year of, of real physical altercations and, um, you know, him drinking and, and really laying the smack down. It was, it was pretty fucking brutal. And looking back on that one, it's like, I was punishing myself, right? I was with somebody who, um, you know, loved me and controlled me and wanted me to be there. And, uh, but you know, was cheating on me and, and also abusing me because I was punishing myself. Um, and I get that now, but at the time, that's not how it felt. Right. We always have that perspective of hindsight 2020, but on that, you know, On that note, like how are how does that apply now? Right. Like I have this amazing relationship where it is very reciprocal. We both give and we both receive. And we both came from a world where we weren't giving and receiving on an equilateral thing. Like we were both givers who kind of fucked ourselves over in our previous relationships. And so in this relationship, we now get to learn to not just be, but to receive, where we can say thank you and mean it where we cannot hold hold shit over each other's head, right? We get to have a healthy relationship and we get to call in that check and balance. When we feel out of alignment with that, we get to be honest with each other. And we are, you know, when I tell them, I say, you know, this is something I, I can't receive this right now, or I'm having a hard time receiving this right now, or it seems like you're having a hard time receiving this right now. We get to talk about that. And that energetic pattern directly impacts my ability to run my business. Okay? And not in the conventional ways, not in the, oh, if you're fighting with your spouse, it's hard to run your business. No, no, no. Okay. That, of course, that's true. Duh. Right. But also in the reciprocal energy patterns. If I can't give and receive freely within my relationship, then I'm not really practicing it at a whole level in my whole life. So then I'm going to struggle with that in my business because I'm not in alignment. So giving and receiving is so important, not just in money, but also in fulfillment of. I get to choose clients that are fulfilling for me to work with who are not abusive, who are not toxic, and I get to also choose to not be toxic or abusive to my clients, right? So that reciprocal energy flow, how it is in your real life, quote unquote, with your relationships, and this doesn't have to just be a spouse. I mean, it can be parental, it can be your friends, it can be whatever. Those relationships in your life, are they reciprocal? Because if they're not, that will be reflected in your business. And that's unavoidable because you are vibrating at a certain level. And so you're attracting that same vibration into your business because as an entrepreneur, you are the fucking business. There is no separation of church and state here. So while you're going through those patterns, like it's not just the money stories that you get to look back at. Like, that's what everyone always tells you. Like, oh, well, if you have money blocks, go look at your money stories. Right. And I get that. But really... Also look at your receiving stories, look at the receiving relationships that you have in your life when you were out of balance with that, Um, because it's not just money, it's everything, it's energy, because money is reciprocal energy, so your money story is going to be reflected back in through relationships as well, and that's going to have a dramatic impact on on your business, because if at some level you think your business is going to die then isn't that going to impact your, your, the way you make decisions, right? If I'm constantly worried that my spouse is going to die, isn't that going to make me behave differently? I'm probably going to be clingier. Um, I'm probably going to be needier. I'm probably going to have a lot more anxiety and worry and all of those pieces and like holding on to him so tightly because of my fear, right? Of course, that's going to impact my relationship. Doesn't that just make sense? Now take it a step further. Of course, it's going to impact your business. If you're scared your business is going to abandon you, that your business is going to die, i.e. fail, right? Aren't you going to hold on to it really tightly? Aren't you going to have a hard time taking days off? Aren't you going to have a hard time looking past the next three months and into the next three, 10 years? Of course you are. Of course you are. Because it is exactly the same thing. Those reciprocal energy patterns in our life That's fucking adulting, is really taking the time to be honest with yourself and to look at the situation and say, how is sex impacting my money? How is relationships impacting my money? How is the way that I think and feel every single fucking day impacting my money? Because it is. Because money is reciprocal energy. So remember that when you're out there being a a unicorn with no pants on. Take your pants off for real and really fucking look at yourself. Full butthole. (laughs) Full butthole. Be honest with yourself. That's how you level the fuck up in business. For more trouble, go to realunicornsdontwearpants.com. Hit that subscribe button and remember, hashtag fuckpants.